It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. afternoon to you, Kim McAllister, in for Nikki Maduro today. Thank you for being along. And I'm sorry I was a little bit tardy to the Nikki Maduro party as uh, we wrap up the Mark Thompson show and move to the Nikki Maduro show. So thank you for being along for the ride. Of course, the breaking news is the missing sub crew, submersible crew, is believed to be dead. That is what Ocean's Gate is saying. Of course, the U.S. Coast Guard coming out today with a press conference just moments ago. Uh, we carried it live on the Mark Thompson show that this remote operated vehicle found the tail cone of the Titan, which is the submersible, on the sea floor, probably about a third of a mile-ish from the bow of the Titanic. They call the debris consistent with the loss of the pressure chamber which is just the worst news for the families which have all been notified along with the British and the French government. Um, it was about 500 meters, they say, off the bow of the Titanic. So I, I don't know if the banging noises that were heard in recent days had anything to do with the Titan or not. But what we do know is that the Titan is gone. It is now debris on the ocean floor. And it's a sad story. You know, I think the world, not just our nation, but our world was gripped 
by this story because there was a chance that it could end with success, that it could be this story where we were all hoping for the good outcome, for the happy ending. And that was not to be. So not the way we wanted this to go at all. It's, um, yeah, it's a sad story. I, I don't know if you have thoughts that you want to share on this. I've seen over the last couple of days a lot of really morbid jokes. I'm sure they will continue. Um, I thought it was in poor taste while these people could still be alive and rescued. Lucky GSF says it was the ghost. Did anyone ever see the One Step Beyond episode where the guys in a German sub kept hearing banging within their walls? No. No, I didn't see that. Heather says the only curse is human nature and the drive to engage in risky behavior. And Karen writing, the only good thing coming out of this may be the Titanic industry will be regulated for safety. Yeah. Thanks, Grady. I appreciate that. Wes wonders if they had any kind of black box aboard that could contain some minimal information when things went bad. So if there was some type of lag or they got caught or that was them banging before this thing imploded, maybe they left a note of some type. Maybe they, it was, you know, rolled up in plastic and I mean, who knows, but likely not. One of the things I saw someone say earlier, Wes, is that they were grateful that if there was an implosion, that the death would have been quick. So I don't know. I have put the link to dial in. Should you be so inclined to click in, I should say, clicky the link. If you want to come in and, and appear on the show, talk about it, maybe give your opinion, but there it is. Um, yeah, it's creepy. Not the way I want to die. I mean, how do you want to die in your sleep when you're old would be the best way, I guess. One will say, oh, well, they died doing what they love. They were explorers and adventurers to the very end. Mm. Uh, you are correct, Knit One Pearl One, talking about, you know, Nikki has a second job, which is why I'm solo today. Um, and sometimes Mark will need to fill in at KFI in Los Angeles. And sometimes people will need to go on vacation, as Nikki is doing the second week, or I think it's July 2nd. Um, but we will do our very best to keep the show going. We will try to be here for you as much as we can. Of course, our show is crowdfunded, which means we rely on you. The more success we have with that, the more uh, the le- less likely it is that we'll have to go somewhere else to look for a paycheck. But whether we do or have to do that or not, we are committed to keeping these shows here on YouTube and on uh, podcast platforms for you. And we're going to do our best to keep it running. Even if you may see a change in eventually the form of how it, you know, it goes, whether we can do it every day or not, but we're, we're going to, we're really committed to it and we're really trying to make it happen. So just so you know, Uh, the lady Beatrice writes, I hope the company is poised for some wrongful death suits because they knew the safety issues and they allowed this thing to be in use. Uh, I think that's, that's definitely going to happen in this case. No one, I would say, really needs the money. These are millionaires, billionaires that were aboard this thing. These families are very wealthy. So, you know, I I don't think it's about that. It's It would be more about what happened here was wrong. 
and that there weren't checks and there were flippant things even said to the media, you know, about safety and about how it, it kind of hamstrings uh, adventure and hamstrings innovation. And I think all of those things are, can be used and maybe, you know, give a, a signal to the next person that thinks they can go and do something like this without safety measures. So uh, that would be, uh, Nick says it's already regulated. Rush just ignored them, but shouldn't have been allowed to right, Nick. You, you shouldn't be allowed to just ignore like that. So, um, Ms. Organic th- says, I think the contracts the participants signed will insulate them from lawsuits from family members, right? Because we know that uh, they signed their basically their life away. I understand this could result in death. I understand this could result in psychiatric trauma. And we're going to sign anyway, right? So, um, yeah, I think you're right. Lady Beatrice says, is it me or is the Titanic site as cursed as the Hope Diamond? It is cursed, it seems like. Yeah. So, sad ending to this story. But... I'm moving on to happier things. Oh, I'm stuck in time in a very bad way. Uh, but I'm moving on to happier things because those of you that listened to KGO may remember Maureen Langan. And you may remember she had a show on the weekend. She's a good friend of mine. She's been here on our show before. She's super nice and kind. Oh, yes. And funny. And this week, something really big. I don't want to say happened for her because I think Maureen takes control of her destiny. I think she made it happen. She was on America's Got Talent. You may have seen it, but all of us that worked with her at KGO were so excited and so just rooting for her. And we've been passing around this video of her appearance on America's Got Talent. And I've been desperate to talk to her about it. So please help me welcome Maureen Langan. Hello. <laughs> Kim, how are you, my darling? You are so Hi. great. I am so proud of you for do- oh, taking this risk, you. for making this happen. You know, all of yeah. us from KGO, all of your former listeners, all of your former coworkers, we're just rooting for you. And it was so oh, nice to see you get up there and kick it, kill it. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much, Kim. I really appreciate you know, Listen. You don't have you. You do what you can with your work. I've been performing. I was a journalist for many years, and I left to perform stand up. And I've been doing it for twenty two years. And to get an opportunity to go on America's Got Talent and to do well and get four yeses and a standing ovation, I just was. You want to cry, but then you can't because you've got an attitude. You got to. You know what I'm saying? You can't like. But I was so um, moved by the whole experience. But again, you know, you do what you can to control your career. But then I got. I didn't submit to do it. I got a call from a casting director had seen some of my clips. I go, yeah, I don't think I'm right for the show. And he said, no, we, we think you are, you know, your material. Like, oh, really? What material? Let me see. You know, are, are you BSing me? Or, and he told me clips that he liked. I go, all right, so you're not BSing me. But I don't want to be, you know, the mocked. You know how they have certain acts that are the foils? Right. And I didn't want to be that person. I've worked too hard to be undermined. So no, 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 we're coming to you with sincerity that we can't tell you what the judges will t- think, but we as producers like what you're doing. And I said, yeah, but I don't like competitions. I wasn't playing hard to get, I just, and then he said, 
well, can you look at it as a showcase for your talent and connect with people? Like, oh my God, that I know how to do. I want to connect with people. Yes, I'll yeah. do that. So that was the right thing for me. Was it fun or was were you, when you walked on that stage, was it just like mm. any other day at a comedy club? Where oh, yeah, walk any in, other day. Or yeah, was it sure. like, oh my God, there's Simon, <laughs> there's Heidi, look at this crowd. Yeah. Like, was the was yeah. it a different experience? Was it nerve wracking? Um, it was a totally different experience and it was nerve wracking. And before I tell you a bit more about that, can I give you a little uh, KJO dirt gossip? Oh, please. I mean, okay. I won't name names, <laughs> but um, this is dirt. This just happened. People have been amazingly supportive. Like I, I am so, it's just like you go, oh my God, these people I grew up with from grammar school, or I worked in a supermarket through high school and college and people in the florist department, the deli and strangers that have seen you in uh, clubs around the country, your neighbors you grew up with. And the com comedy community has been so supportive. Like I'm just, it's just overwhelming with love around. It's just incredible. Yeah. But I did get a, a message from just say a, a former program director who, um, who fired me and sent me an email just saying, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. It was very good. And me having to be me can't BS. So I wrote back, um, wow, this crack. I, I said it out like in a, this was the tone. I don't know if it read this way. I went, oh my God, you crack me up. And then I said, you fired me and you admitted you never listened to my show ever. Oh uh, but, but you have a, I said, but you have a good personality. So I wish you all the best because he does have a good personality and I do wish him all the best. And it is insane that you would just casually reach out to somebody that you looked in their face and said, I've never listened to your show and uh, fire you. <laughs> oh God. I think that's a little insane. That's a little, right. I think that's good. Right. Like a little, is that good dirt that I shared? Or I think that's that? pretty good dirt. I like that. I like that. Um, and I think yeah. that but I don't think he's a bad person. Yeah, I don't no. think a person's a bad person at all. And probably I just think had maybe to fire you more... because of a lack of funding. But yeah, I've never listening to your show. That's bad form. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, listen, if you're a program director and you've never listened to my show and you have no idea that I was a journalist for years and a political reporter, that's, that's not really cool. But anyway, I just wanted to give you a little dirt. Um, you're getting a lot so of positive comments from the chat as well. Uh, a lot of people saw yeah. the episode. A lot of people said you connected and you were super funny and they loved it. Yeah, people were real. I can't see your chat. Only you can, right? No, you can see it. And I'm putting some of them up here on the screen. 
Um, all right. Oh, my art, Kim. Thank you, kids. Good yeah. dirt said Kim. She knows who it is. It's named after something in a toolbox. Okay. So anyway, um, <laughs> but a nice person. I, I have no hard feelings for him. I just, just professionally, I'm not, it's, it, it lacks in respect. Yeah. Um, so you were asking me, is it like any other day? Of course not. I mean, it's the same. No. And it, it, it was very heightened. And what happens, I look, should I take myself off this? People are looking, right? Should I take myself off no, the camera? You're fine. No, no, no. Stay on. <laughs> I'm, I'm I, I've, I got frozen. So it's good to have you at least one of us on. That's oh, good. All right. But I look, I'm so exhausted. So. You look beautiful. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, sure. I'm still very jet lagged as I was traveling. And I, you didn't, I didn't know until a few days beforehand that this was going to air. So I came back early from performing abroad. It was in Bulgaria hilarious so it is very heightened it's a very different experience you are performing in front of 1500 people and the four judges so i you go out there and you see them and you know but i didn't play to them i played to the audience mm -hmm. and i've done big theaters and i love the, the energy of a big crowd that's there and excited to support so I just took the stage big in terms of connecting with the people. And it's always this little strange when they start to interview you and then go, okay, go do comedy because you usually hit the stage with all of that instead right. of, okay, hi, nice to meet you. Okay. Oh yes. Funny now. Right. But for me, luckily it's part of my personality anyway. So I was able to move into it. Um, but the thing is too, like, because we're comedians, you know, there's a rehearsal the day before. And they're running late and they're like, okay, there's your mark. Everybody was fantastic to deal with. Um, there's your mark. There's the microphone. And I'm like, yeah, but I need to walk out from the wings. I need to hold the mic. I need to know what mic I'm holding. I need to feel the space. It sounds so corny, but I can't just go out there for the very first time, mm -hmm. you know, without having done all that. And they were so wonderful. Yeah. The judges were great. They, uh, Howie, man, all of them are so just so kind and, supportive and, and howie was amazing and sophia you're still done television show <laughs> it's funny because i was looking at howie mandel when he's like you were great you had great content and whatever else and i thought dude do you understand she's probably been doing this as long as you have yeah yeah probably i know but it was nice she, that he gets it, Maureen, and saw it and I, maureen's not new here i mean this is you've been doing this for a while you're pretty polished well, you didn't see that happened uh, when I did it live, and it, it wasn't said, um, they edited it out, but he did say, man, your 20-plus year shows, it shows it's right there, and you deserve yeah. this. So he does get it, which made me really happy. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, oh, look at this newbie. He was very generous, and he got it, which made me happy. And I think when you're on a show with this wide reach, everyone who maybe never heard your name before... Mm -hmm now knows Maureen Langan. And so even if doing the show just for that reason, now you have mm -hmm. a whole group of people who, when they see you come through town or when they see you have a show or whatever mm -hmm. else, they're mm -hmm. like, oh, I know who she is. I'll buy those tickets. Well, I'll do that. Well, that's right. And that's what, it, that's the diff, that's what matters is that, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm not 20 years old. I, you know, I, I have people who are like, Oh my God, this is going to really jumpstart your career. I'm like, no, I've been working for 22, 24 years at this, but what it will do is allow me to have 
audience members that get me so that we can mm-hmm. say, you don't have to be everything to everyone. Not that I am that anyway, but you have a little more, um, it gives you more freedom to speak freely because people know your sensibility. They're going to come to see you. We can all BS. Um, oh, I let Kim so they said I have a voice. I do. I know that was so funny. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So it's just that when people come go out to see a comedy show, they're going to get different comedians. They don't know. But if they're coming to see you, you can get a little more edgier. I can do some of my darker material, you know? Yeah. Wes says it was a great way to introduce new comedy to people who normally don't go to comedy clubs and shows. And my, my goal is to go to the theaters because I think people who come out, they want to have, um, they just, they're not being interrupted by clicking and glasses and clanging and trunks. It's just, but we'll see, you know, I've done a lot of theaters and clubs. I love the clubs. I love the punchline, of course, in San Francisco and Cobbs and, you know, Oh, I got to give a shout out uh, in Santa Rosa. There's a new uh, place called barrel proof. Oh, how was that? Oh, it's good. They're working really hard to do shows up there. Casey Williams. So when people are trying to create space for live comedy, I want to be very supportive. So I hope people will go out to Santa Rosa. It's a cool space. Yeah. I mean, we're right here. And so, you know, why not go check it out? I wonder if like overnight people were, have been calling you to book you on shows and on tours and on everything else. Did, has this been like (laughs) an increase in Maureen Langan activity or what? Yeah, it has been like, well, first of all, so many people who watch the show are, are responding and it's, it's over it's wonderful and yes people have remind me to tell you about one negative comment because it's really funny and it's going into the act but um i had three negative people have been incredible uh, yeah i'm getting a lot of followers now on facebook go to my facebook business my my professional page and like it because that's where i put most of my stuff i have a hanging with langan group page as well but i sure would like people to follow me on the basic facebook and instagram i'm trying to get up to speed on twitter i'm doing my best you guys um yes but what's funny with the bookings are the people who are always very tight with the money like really mm-hmm. like somebody who paid me crap but i wanted to work i can choose to say no i can i choose to say yes if i want to and it's right. near some of my family so i said i would like to i, I have said yes and she has said in the past, the one time I've stopped, I haven't taken her gigs. She said, Maureen, once, you know, if we hit a hundred people, we'll, you know, you'll get a bonus. We'll give you this much more. She runs it, but she's not there. She has her management there and it's packed. And there's like two chairs on the stage. So I said to the manager, wow, are we, how much over a hundred are we? He goes, over a hundred. We can't fit more than 96 with these people on stage. Oh. <laughs> Do you understand? This is what we deal with. This yeah. is, the, you know, so I got, pretty funny. can we, yeah, I got a message. Can we, can we lock in? Can we put some dates on the books? I'm like, yeah, sure as you can fit in 500 people. Absolutely. We will. Right. <laughs> Ridiculous. So yes, yes. I've been getting some nice calls. So tell me how this works. Do you, right. um, oh, you were going to say something, uh, some complaint someone sent. Yeah, you yeah. want to hear it? It's really yes, yeah, I want to hear it. It's always like those negative mm-hmm. tweets people have to read about themselves. It's like really. I know I shouldn't do it, but it's funny. Okay, so let me just tell you the joke I did. I said I don't, and then I'll tell you what this woman said. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's so insane. I love it. Is this she about said, the man not touching? You didn't want a man to touch your belly. Yes. Did you? I yes. love that. Yeah. 
I, you know, I said, I don't want to be a cougar. I don't need some young hot guy named Chad touching my belly fat going, ew, what's this? This, and I look at my fat belly, I say, this is rage covered by affordable treats and wine from Trader Joe's. That's what I this is. I love that. So funny. And I said, you know what? Yeah, that came because my doctor said to me one day, she, I was getting, my stomach was a bit big. Turned out there was all these benign growths on my liver. So my stomach was distended. And I'm thinking, oh, it's middle age. She goes, what is this? I go, I don't know, affordable treats and wine from Trader Joe's? <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's where the comedy comes from. You remember that. But, and then I said, I want a guy around 86. We're on the hottest thing between him and death. Um, him and death. He doesn't want to, he, he's not looking over his shoulder for somebody younger and hotter because he has arthritis in his neck. He has to move his whole body. And I'm going to spot that. And he doesn't see any of my flaws. Um, why? Because uh, he has uh, cataracts, cataracts. And I look into his milky white eyes and I say, I love you because he's hard of hearing. Okay. <laughs> so that's the guy I want. So I can feel good about me. Here's what this lunatic named Jennifer wrote. Maureen is very offensive to many. Oh. <laughs> Making fun of her, and this is, quote, her temporary man with severe medical issues is not funny at all. If you are a caretaker, nurse, doctor, loved one of a family member, you will understand this. These conditions she spoke of are serious. Her grammar is terrible. These conditions she spoke of is this is not how I speak. Yeah. These conditions she speaks of are serious. And the ones who deal with this would not think it is funny at all. Well, here, let, let's pull this apart here. Um, <laughs> I, forget her like that. She's stupid. Like she can't spell. But Maureen is very offensive to many. Making fun of, quote, her temporary man's medical issues. It's a make-believe person. It's yeah. a make-believe person. It's not a real person hilarious i just think that's i'm gonna just i mean obviously this is not who you're trying to connect with people need to have a sense no. of humor i mean if you don't right. go into it with a sense of humor being able to laugh at age being able to laugh at ourselves being able to you know laugh at things we experience as women then mm -hmm. then you're, then this is not for you because you know you have to at least come to it of a, of a place with an open heart and a desire to connect with you well, that's the whole point about having followers and they come to see you when we have much better of a time. Like I have some really dark jokes about having miscarriages yeah. and you knew when I, you knew when I had my first one and you know, I'll, I won't do the harsh version of it, but people said, you know why you had so many? I go, yeah, every time the Kardashians um, got renewed, my kid took itself out, you know, but <laughs> it's dark. But if you're with people who get you and they know yeah. that you use dark humor to deal with pain, right? like this lady, I can't have her at my show. Like no. I can't, ain't nobody got time for that. No, really. <laughs> but she actually couldn't. I mean, I she guess, yeah. But imagine being that person that goes through life that's offended by everything. Um, Kim was asking if you could please repeat the name of the venue in Santa Rosa. It's called Barrel Proof Wine, Barrel Proof Lounge, or Barrel. I don't know if they're calling it a winery. Barrel Proof. Just put in. I'm going to look it up because I want to give them a shout out. Barrel Proof. Like B-A-R-R-E-L, uh, barrel proof. Like a lounge. barrel, yeah, B-A-R-R-E-L, yeah. proof lounge, barrel proof lounge. And uh, they just do cool stuff. And I think it's barrel proof in Santa Rosa. I've been there many times, so I try to support. Heather writes. Yeah, barrel proof lounge, Santa Rosa. Heather writes, if I couldn't laugh at awful things, I, I'd die of anxiety. Mm. And it's funny, I, I worked when I was in college, I was working in an emergency room. <clears throat> and 
You were? I did. I worked at a, a trauma center in the, near UC Davis. And I will say that the gallows humor. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, used to kind of get through horrible situations. Mm -hmm. People would be aghast Mm -hmm. if they heard the jokes Mm -hmm. that were Mm -hmm. made, but it wasn't made at the expense of people. It was made Mm -hmm. to laugh instead of cry, honestly. Yeah. And (laughs) sometimes Mm -hmm. I think you have to find the humor in it as a survival technique. Kim, I I so agree. It's that, but some people don't get that. Dark humor is just a release. Some people paint, some people run, some people use humor. And all these people getting so offended, it makes me insane. John uh, was giving you some material here. He says he always jokes about how long it takes him to stop hurting after he gets out of bed in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, to the other side of this, oh, another shout out, if we can, somebody is saying that they, um, we connected at Murphy's Irish Pub in Sonoma. Yeah. Uh, Murphy's Irish Pub has a little side room where they have been so gracious when I was working at my solo show or getting some new stand up brushed off and and going. I really want people to go support Murphy's Irish Pub and Dermot runs the place. Really good people. Really in the good town people. Of Sonoma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great people, great beer, great food, great atmosphere. Love it. So I just want to give a shout out. Tell them Mo sent you. And I don't know if that'll help you. <laughs> so tell me what happens now. You have passed the, the I'm sorry if it's a spoiler alert, because I know I already wrecked it for Wes, who taped you and hasn't watched it yet. But you've passed the first round. And then yes. you go back until you don't pass? Or how is the show? What's the what's the rules? What are the rules? Okay, so I'll tell you what I do know. What I know is after I taped my audition at the end of March. I was the first weekend of auditions. Uh, and it went well, as you, you saw in front of 1500 people and the judges, very professional atmosphere. Wonderful. I, they then tell you, they will let you know when your episode is airing and when you are going to be pushed through. Mm-hmm. However, I didn't know if me, but there are instances in which certain people won't air, even though they were told, yes, who knows why there might be circumstances that arise behind the scenes that we don't know about the judges and the producers huddle over all the people that they passed or didn't pass and just look at what, you know, take a deeper dive, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I did not even know if mine would air. I found out last week, but I assumed it would because she said there's always that 1.1% chance it might not. 
you know, who knows what that is. Mm -hmm. So now I just sit and wait. I have no idea what's next. I know that the auditions go through July. And then I know that they tape the call, but the next round um, in August and I think early September, I believe. Okay. So I wait to hear from that. And I don't know how many rounds there are. I think they've changed it. I think there used to be uh, four rounds or semi, semi quarter final, quarter oh. semi. And I don't, I don't know. I think there's fewer rounds, I think. So I, I, I wonder, so. has a comedian ever won the big, the whole shebang? No, no. But a good friend of mine came in second. He came so close. Oh, Tom, okay. Tom Cotter, C-O-T-T-E-R, and his wife, Carrie Louise, is a comedian. They're both fantastic. They're friends. I love them. Tom came in second <laughs> because a, a group of dogs. I don't know if the dogs can tort, <laughs> you know, swim, twirl in the air. And so he came in second to the dogs. So if people follow me on my Facebook and Instagram, they'll see that I posted a little video of myself with my 15-year-old rescue guy. Yeah. And I said, Frosty, you're going to come with me because whenever a dog is involved, you win. Plus, you have cataracts and you're hard of hearing. So we'll also get a sympathy vote. Everything's going to work out. Use what you got, you know? Use what you got. Do you want to hear what my Irish mother said while she was waiting to see it the other night? Please tell me. Unless you have to go to a commercial break. I hope people are sponsoring the Nicky Maduro show with Kim McAllister. Oh, Those of nice, you out there who... How nice of you to mention. Well, we are, we're crowdfunded. So uh, the Super Chat is live. Mm -hmm. And also you can do the Patreon and the PayPal thing. And that's at the NickyMadoroShow.com. Thank you for mentioning. Yeah, I hope people do, because I know what it's like having done my own podcast for years, particularly during the pandemic, being a performer. You don't know how much it helps keep shows going and alive and people. It's it's you. It's walking back. You might as well have a bucket on a street corner with a one-eyed dog. You'll make more money than trying to support yourself on a show. But anyway, I hope people people support. Nikki Maduro, how do they do it? TheNikkiMadoroShow.com. The, the Nikki Maduro show.com. And of course, super chats here on uh, YouTube where you can have some fun and throw some stickers and such as, as well. So, Oh, super chat. It's super freaky. So while I was waiting for um, <laughs> the show, my mother says to me, cause the show, you know, they have people who can contort. They have girls with no bones who twirl. They have oh, five-year-old girl, you know, they have guys burning. One guy engulfed himself in flames. Another guy danced with poles, but was dressed as like um, a, a freaky zombie. So my, my mother said, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, when the hell is Maureen coming out? And what are they going to do to her? Are they going to make her look like one of them? <laughs> <laughs> what did oh, your mom boy. say? Did she like what you did? Did she like your, your routine? Well, you have to understand, I grew up in an Irish family. I'm from an Irish family. They, they don't build you up. They're like, oh, it's very good. Good for you. You're doing just fine. Good, good. There's no <laughs> One of my brothers, praise. Yeah. No, no, not at all. And I laughed because one brother texted me and he goes, you're, you're good. And I said, 22 years I've been doing this. I go, was that a compliment? I just want to know if that was a compliment. <laughs> I think this is supposed to be a compliment from Square. I love all the KGO hosts, past, dead, or alive. <laughs> so glad that That's we hard. have a few cherished characters with us each day. It's family. So, well, this uh, let me tell you one more. Hi, Square. That was nice. One of the things, because um, my mom is one of 10 children from a farm in Ireland. So I have 40 first cousins. There's 40 of us. And 
so somebody sent out a message to those cousins in the UK and Ireland and said, oh, our cousin's going to be on America's Got Talent, to which one replied seriously, we have a cousin with talent. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. They keep you humble. What is the grand prize? If you were to win, what's the grand mm. prize? Well, I said I would back pay myself for the last 22 years and only be 10000 a year in debt. Oh. But r- really what I would like, Kim, and I said this to them, I, mean, I said that what I would like is I did a television pilot called Mo Goes. Very well done. I worked with a woman who, who's become a good friend who uh, produced Bertha Conqueror, was on Say Yes to the Dress, did a lot of stuff on the cooking channel. She's produced a lot of reality television, that kind of reality, non-scripted yeah. is a better way to say it, non-scripted. The, the demo reel, I think, is fantastic, top-notch professionalism, quality. And an agent had seen it and said to me, oh, it's good, but what are we going to tell the networks about your age? Really? And yeah. And I said, tell them I'm the most haggard 18 year old or the hottest 90 year old you've ever met. <laughs> but do it was really. Not, I mean, do they not so realize much. that there are a lot of people living in America that aren't 18? And a lot of us and, want to, you know, don't mm-hmm. mind seeing ourselves reflected on the screen or having someone mm-hmm. that has our experiences or that has mm-hmm. our, you know, mm-hmm. is going what we're going through. I, mm-hmm. I just, I feel that's very short-sighted. It is. And it's not even just that we want to see ourselves reflected. And sometimes we decide that people who are in their eighties, that what, they're not cool. What they came up through the, the, the hip sixties and, and they were the most open-minded group of people that we know of. Um, and there are people who come to my shows who are in college or in their twenties who get it and they're sharp. But the, I used it as an opportunity to pitch my show because I said, I made the joke about being in debt, you know, as a comedian, you don't make money. It costs you to work. Really it does ultimately. And I said, well, you make money, but you know what I'm saying, particularly yeah. in the early years. So I said, really, what I would do is try to figure out a way to get my pilot Mo goes on the air. By day, the journalist in me seeks out the fun, the heart, the smart of a city and its people. By night, we gather at a club, raise a glass, and have a lot of laughs. I did my pitch to them. And they said, so, sounds good. Oh, Howard's like, that's a great idea. I love that. Mo goes. You know? So, you know, I put it out there. That's what I would like. I'd yeah. like to make a good living at what I do. And I, everything else in my life is great. I have a great guy. I'm healthy. Life is good. I like yeah. good wine. I like to exercise. I don't need a whole lot more. I just want to feel financially rewarded for my hard work. And I would love to see Mogos on the air. There. Uh, that's what we I think this is also exciting. You know, it's something different to do. It's something fun. And it's something that really kind of rallies us all behind you for, you know, for this time that you're on this show. And I think it's, uh, it's exciting. So even if everything else in your life is is going wonderfully well, this is just a little cherry on your Sunday. Well, thank you. And you know, it took me a long time to say, listen, what I have is what I have. Mm -hmm. Like I'm on this mountaintop now, what is here? I don't need to climb other mountains. Let's just be here and enjoy this. And, but truly believe that my life is decent and good and, and more than mm-hmm. that. But I will tell you this because we're talking about everything being happy and easy. There's a huge vulnerability by performing in front of so many people. There, it's huge because you're putting yourself out there. And as much as people may love you and support you, there'll be those who will rip on you and be mean. And just to put yourself out there for that, Yep. Because if you're going to take the love, the hate's going to be there too. So that's yep. very, that's, 
you know, there's always someone that has something negative to say, and there always will be. You could be the nicest person on the planet. You could be the funniest. You could be whatever. There's always someone. And thank you Mm -hmm. to Celeste, who says Maureen's live show is a must see. Just great. Thank you for the $20 contribution to the show, Celeste, as well. I really appreciate that. Also, another contribution to the show came in while you were on from Wes, who kicked in $10 super sticker. So, yay. Thank you so much, you guys. I wonder, though, uh about yes. you oh I, what my mental I, health what you know. <laughs> my hair <laughs> what, what do we want okay no i i mean sometimes you're in new york sometimes you're in budapest <laughs> sometimes you're in the bay area and how you keep up that schedule i've often thought god i don't ever go anywhere and here maureen's flying <laughs> all over the place she's bi-coastal she's international so how do you keep this going and then still do the show, the, the America's Got Talent show? How do you, how does that all work? Well, you see, I don't have children and I love children. So yeah. because I don't have them, I have the freedom to just do whatever I want, whenever I want. And I love it. And I love, that's the journalism. We love seeking out the fun, the heart, the smart of the city and its people. That Mo Goes is so authentic to what I love yeah. doing. And I'm always thinking, I'm doing it anyway. Bring a camera. That's really, I'm doing it. I'm like there. So I go on and do some comedy gigs and it may not pay well, but I meet, I was just with gals in Croatia and Serbia and Bulgaria, insane. And you meet people and your world becomes bigger and smaller. You're exposed to so much more. And then yet you, you, we're just, oh my God, I can't fly to London. I'm like, I'm flying. How far is that? Where's Croatia? America, people don't know there's countries yeah. east of France and Italy, but um, many do, of course. So I just love it, but it, it is exhausting. I came back earlier once I realized AGT was happening. America's got talent. So I w- I'm really, today's the first day that I don't feel like I'm totally going to collapse from exhaustion. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I'm very tired, very jet lagged. And, you know, I met a great guy on the West Coast. We're bi-coastal. We're together. But I'm staying in New York longer. He'll come over here, you know, part of the time. And I'll get as many gigs as I can back West. And we just make it work. You know, when you find the right person, you, you sort it out. So last question for you, because I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. There's a lot on Uh, me. It is. I know (laughs) you are, you're a journalist and have an interest in news and all things uh, politics and what's been going on. I know you have some opinions about, you know, Trump being indicted and the boxes and where they were kept and all these things that it's like Maureen material. But do mm. you, on a thing like America's Got Talent, take out the politics to appeal to a wider audience? Do you keep it just experience-related instead of political? Yeah, do no you, po- are there no some politics. topics you just you don't do it? No politics. No, I'm not going to do it. It's so isolating and alienating. Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. I mean, I made an innocuous Trump joke um, when I was in Cape Cod. I said he was caught with a stripper. I would have been more shocked if he'd been caught with a book. And a whole table cursed me out and walked out. And I was like, this is insane. And I said, he loves the classics. Stop it. He does read. He loves nasty. What is it? He loves Lord of the Lies, Nasty Little Women, and Catcher in the, the Pussycat. The so, yeah. Um, uh-huh. yeah. So um, they just cursed me out. And, and I go, so this is part of, I'm not going to do that on national television um, on America's Got Talent. Because I don't want to alienate people who want something else, you know, it's right. fine. Mm-hmm. Cause I have plenty of other things. I'm not compromising. I have plenty of material. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you, you're going to a restaurant. You don't have to serve Mexican food in a French restaurant. You just find right. out what's the right, 
meal for that. But this is part of the reason, Kim, that I'm telling you it's important to find my people out there who to come to my show so then I can do that. We can let our hair down. We can be inappropriate. We can be political. We can talk about all those things that right now, you know, they're too alienating. But if you have your audience, then you can. Lori is asking how it was in Eastern Europe with the war going on in Ukraine. Well, you know, I was, you know, being in the Balkans, they're, you know, they're far enough away. But I will tell you this, Lori, what was really one of the most powerful, and if you have to jump, Kim, I don't have to tell the story, but this was one of the no, most powerful moments. I was working with uh, women uh, from Bosnia, from Slovenia, Serbia, Bulgaria, and Croatia. Croatia was, there was a woman, lovely woman, um, uh, Marie, Marina Lokar, L-O-R-C, Lokar. i got to spell her name right because I want people to follow her if they are inclined. Uh, and I want to tell you a short story about her. If I just want to give her name right because she's a comedian. Is that all right? Yeah, please. Um, she, uh, Lankar, L-O-N-C-A-R, Marina, Marina Lankar, Miranda, Mar- what is wrong with me? Her name's Miranda. I know this. Miranda, M-I-R-A-N-D-A. There was Marina Martina Miranda. So I got so <laughs> Maya. It's Miranda Lankar. She, a beautiful woman. She's in her 40s. She has twin girls that are about eight years old. She was affected by the war in Bosnia. She had to go to uh, be a refugee. She was a refugee, uh, went to um, Italy. She said, though, being a refugee, at least you get to travel. But she she said um, her daughters are named Iris and Ingrid, Iris and Ingrid, because she says if there's ever a war again, she wants them to have easy names that are easy to translate to get to where you have to go that aren't taking time with the paperwork, that they're easy names. So here's this mother, like yourself, having to think about what names her children can have in case she has to get them cross borders. And it's faster and easier and simpler to understand their names. What a different, a whole different life experience. Wow. I cry. I have a little video. I'm going to post that. I'm going to post that on YouTube and on my Facebook page within probably next week. It was so powerful. And she shared that with me and my, so being there and watching, I went to places, I have more stuff I'm going to post. Uh, just one little town we went to, Ostriak, I'll write it down. But that was where a lot of stuff happened. A lot of bullet uh, holes in the walls and different things because it was on Eastern Croatia. Oh my goodness. So to hear, they're more effective. For us, war is a theory. For them, it's not. And they all think we're insane too with this whole Trump stuff and and book banning. And like, they're like, what is wrong with you people? I'm sure they look at America and go, okay, they're going crazy. Maureen oh, Langen, yeah, they think they're I am crazy for you. I am absolutely wild for this to this whole America's Got Talent thing to play out. And I am rooting for you for the big win. Uh, Again, I don't know uh, what the cash prize is, but I want you to get all the money, all of it. Oh, uh, you're sweet. I want it just to be a great experience. I want people to please follow me on Facebook at Maureen Langan and Instagram Maureen Langan. But Kim, I want to say this to you. You are truly one of the finest, smartest, kindest human beings I've ever met, had the pleasure mm-hmm. to work with. And if anybody ever said they didn't like you, then I would know they're a lunatic. <laughs> I would just know that. <laughs> Maureen, I love you. All the best. Well, you're we'll be too watching. Sweetheart. Please, whenever you want, you come back on the show and talk about your experience and what you're doing next and promote whatever you've got coming up. You're always welcome here. Well, Thank, thank you, my darling Clementine. Thank you for your patience and my finally getting on with you. <laughs> Bye. 
Maureen Lang and everybody. What an exciting moment for the show as she is on America's Got Talent. And I had been uh, trying to get her on the show. And finally today, I sent her a link and said, anytime you want to pop in, please do. If you have time for us, we'll take you whenever. So glad to see Maureen Lang in today. And again, rooting for her on America's Got Talent. I have another guest I'm excited to introduce to you. You may think he's a little familiar. Yes, you may have seen him on the Mark Thompson show and here on the Nikki Maduro show. He's our regular, a uh, former USA Today columnist, knows about all things tech. It is Jefferson Graham. Hi. My darling Clementine, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you today? Looking good behind the road. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of tech things are happening. And I I was fascinated when you said on Mark's show earlier that we can actually video conference with help desk people when we have a problem. And I had yeah. never even considered it. Right. And and they don't tell you that. It's totally hidden. And I I did it out of frustration where I was doing this chat session with somebody and it just went on and on. And I don't understand. Give me more information. Go shoot a video. Go to this. Go to that. Go to this. And it was going on forever. And finally, I said, look, would you do a video chat with me? Sure. Let's set it up right now. And the guy jumps right on, right on and uh, problem solved. Problem solved. They nice. won't ask you if you want to do it. You have to ask them. Uh, another story that I wanted to talk about, I don't, do you ever go on that website next door? I did it, uh, today. There's uh, a lot, in preparation. always people bitching about something. There's always people complaining, saying the most outlandish thing. It's supposed to be a way for neighbors to connect, but often it's a way for neighbors to fight online about everything. Sometimes you'll see like a lost dog or come get some free lemons. Other times, you know, it's people just sniping at each other. But there's news well, about next door today. Okay, but it's a way for people to be next door neighbors without looking anyone in the eye and for saying what's really on their mind <laughs> and hiding behind and not having to suffer the consequences of Kim. I, you know, your kids are really getting loud and yeah. they're keeping me up at night and I find it obnoxious. And why do they wear those clothes in the first place? And they're an embarrassment to the neighborhood. Well, no, I would never tell you any of those things, but I might write. Why? If I, you I were my neighbor, I would want you to say, Hey, I'm having problems with the noise. You know, maybe we can work together to have a solution here. Yeah. Well, it's I, never, I mean, it's, it's never worked for me. I've tried with mm. the noise level in my neighborhood and all those awful leaf blowers. I have tried and I've gotten nowhere. But anyway, mm -hmm. the news was something stock related for which I am not an expert. Uh, but uh, you want to tell everybody what that is? Yeah. So what they're saying is they're going to join the Russell 3000 index next week. Next door is they say that uh, they're going to be added during the index's annual reconstitution, which will be effective after U.S. markets open Monday. I've not heard of the Russell 3000 index. I mean, I've heard of it, but I didn't really know a lot about it. I guess it is uh, the comprised of the 4,000 largest U.S. stocks, and it ranks them by total market capitalization in both the Russell 3000 and the Russell microcap indexes. So, Okay. Uh, news to me. I would have assumed that it was small stocks. 
so shows you what I know. Uh, but what it does say is that this next door thing that we all think is a cesspool uh, is definitely uh, gaining ground and people really like it. Now, when I checked it today, it was my cat was lost and somebody <laughs> tried to ransom me $200 to get the cat back. It was... Uh, uh, let's see. A woman was caught on camera pooping on the front lawn of the school. Oh, my. Let's put her picture up there and shame her. This person that I got <laughs> video footage of was caught stealing my package from the front yard. Let's go get him. So it's like the end of the movie Frankenstein. Anybody who remembers when the big mob scene get, all gets together and tries to run the, the no good barman, Dr. Frankenstein, out of town. Um, it's a scary place. It, it, I think it's a little better than it used to be. It used to, used to be I saw this dark dark person standing on the corner last night and that person had no right being there does that did anybody else see him and what's he doing in our neighborhood oh, uh, a lot it's of like, stuff do you like not that. have any time other than to dedicate to that that's what you're you need to focus on yeah, yeah. people shock me All so right, i let's... try to stay i try to stay away from there yeah i sometimes though i they have a you know, they send you the email of the latest headlines or the latest things that people have posted. And sometimes they'll make me click on it. And then when I do, inevitably, it's about news from a town over or a neighborhood right. I don't live in. Right. And so I, I don't know. I I'm I saw one on it. there today from North Dakota. It's like, what, what am I doing looking at North Dakota? Yeah. It, the content isn't even what you what you need it to be. But let's move on to your one. I think one of your favorite topics, which is Apple products. Yeah. Okay. Uh, your Apple ID is apparently about to kill off the password. This will be coming in iOS 17. So right now, I guess you could either have a password, you could use your thumbprint, you could use your face, but the password's going away. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, supposedly, I'll believe it when I see it. It's this thing called pass keys, which associates your account with face ID and touch ID and Google's using it now and it's hit and miss. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've had the troubles that I've had, but you know, associate your phone with your fingerprint. Sorry, we don't recognize your finger. Uh, associate it with your face. Sorry, we don't recognize your face. So this is another thing that they're going to be trying. Let's hope it works. I'm so sick of passwords. I am so sick of typing them in. Um, anything we could do to get rid of them. I'll be, I'll be happy. And I, I, but I, the one where they say, sign in and we'll send you a text and you type in the code. I'm fine with that. Great. I just, as long as I don't have to remember the nonstop ones and, and be told that they don't work anymore. And then uh, I, 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 one more thing on passwords. I don't know about you, but half these sites I sign up, I sign up and I, I don't even bother writing them down. I just go to forget password and get a new one. So, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, there's just so many to remember. And unless you you know, stupidly use the same one for every website, which is not recommended, then you do have to click for, on uh, remember password because you're, there's, unless you have a little piece of paper written down right next to your computer, which is, you know, not with you when you're on the go, then you're never going to remember all that stuff. 
Yeah, and that's fine for websites and the computer and even the phone, but it's the TV. It's the TV that's really tough. Is uh, you know, you have to go onto Netflix on the TV, forgot my password, get a new password, type it in, and hope that it remembers you for for next time. It's the TV ones. I don't know about you. You watch a lot of TV? Uh, I watch some in the evening, but it's on the television and all the passwords are already locked in. So I never yeah. have to put in anything. Yeah. They're locked in until you want to watch Netflix on your iPad and you can't remember your password and oh. then they make you change it. And then on the TV, you have to change it again. Oh God. Um, I use my, I use a passcode on my iPhone and sometimes my kids use my phone or want to answer it or want to, you know, look at something, which is fine because we all know the rules in our house, but if there's a thumbprint or a picture only, they won't be able to. So right. it kind of limits the, the use of the phone in, in my estimation, but Hey, I guess we all have to go along with what whatever Apple is putting throwing at us next, right? I think you could always go to the manual password as an override. Though I had a terrible situation. You know, I bought this Samsung Galaxy phone yeah. and I bought it used, okay? I have $400 for a used, used phone on Amazon. Pretty good. Except that it wasn't wiped clean. And uh -oh. when, it, when, I, when it got to me, it still was associated with the previous guy in San Francisco. And then you try to do something and they say, well, we're going to send you a text message so you can get through. But it would be sent to this guy's 415 number in San Francisco. Oh, man. And, and I, there was nothing I could do. And I, I finally called Samsung, spent an hour with them on the phone, and we got it supposedly resolved until last week when I tried to do something on Samsung.com. And again, it was sending the text to that 415 number. So uh, when you buy a used phone, think about that. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trading it back in. I'm getting the new one because it's, it's ridiculous. I loved my Samsung Galaxy when I had that. I only recently switched to the iPhone and that I think that was my favorite phone. I like the Google Pixel as well, but the Samsung Galaxy always took the best pictures. So. Okay. Um, well, we'll see. I, I, the reason I have it is because I will always tell people, here's how to do it on the iPhone. And they'll say, yeah, yeah. but how do I do it on the galaxies? And I wanted to know. So now I know. Do you ever use open table to make reservations? I've used it a few times and there's a yeah. scam that we have to tell people about is that if you get a call from the restaurant and they say, Hey, we understand you made a reservation tonight and we just need some more information. Like what's your credit card number? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a scam. That's a bad scam. And so don't just don't don't give it. Say, you know what? I'm going to call the, the restaurant uh, directly myself. Thank you. And and you who's going to pay for dinner ahead of time? It's not done. <laughs> well, OK, there are some times where you make a reservation at a restaurant and they do need a credit card uh, number to hold that reservation so that if you don't show up, they'll charge you a fee because you are taking up table space that they could otherwise give away. I have seen that happen before. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that something like OpenTable would then call and say, hey, you made a reservation. I need your credit card number. But yeah, don't do it. Okay, well, I don't know what circles you're in, but that's never happened to me. I've oh, never been fancy. asked for a credit card at a restaurant. And, yeah. and if they asked me, I'd say, fine, I'll go somewhere else. Thank you very much. I I'm can't imagine any circles. restaurant I'd want to go to. I just was reading the story earlier on Mark's show that Elon Musk has invited Mark Zuckerberg to a cage match. They've been kind of going back and forth. Uh, it's been a little brutal. They've been sniping at each other. 
And now Twitter owner Elon Musk says he's up for a cage match fight with Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg. He's suggesting the Vegas Octagon as the location. This after they've been kind of, I don't know, sniping back and forth at each other. I guess Meta is working on a standalone text-based social network that would compete with Twitter. So that's what started all this. But I think Musk is biting off more than he can chew because Mark Zuckerberg is a, he's a fighter. He's a jujitsu student. He has won championships. He's an athlete. I think if Musk, despite his, his assertion that he's perfected a, a move called the walrus, which would allow him just to lay on his opponent so they couldn't move. I think Zuckerberg's going to, if they, if it was Musk versus Zuck, I think Zuck wins. What do you think? I do, but I also don't think it'll ever happen. <laughs> so I think you could take that one to the bank. I don't think, uh, now remember, Facebook is a public, publicly listed corporation, says the guy who says he doesn't know anything about stocks. But it's a, and, and there's no way that his board of directors and his advisors are going to allow him to do something like this. Musk can do whatever he wants. But I put Musk in the category of the neighbor that I was just telling you about that sit, hides behind their computer and writes off nasty notes, but would never say anything like this to your face. And uh, just ne never going to happen. They, they could go back and forth. I don't think uh, Zuckerberg is going to want to give him the press because Twitter is a shell of what it once was. And I think if Facebook actually came up with something, they got a lot of people there. I mean, Facebook is not what it was either, but I think they could make a go of something in, in a way that, uh, that, um, that, that Musk is not doing at Twitter. I don't know. I think uh, they will have this fight. I think Zuckerberg probably can't wait to get Musk in the ring. And <laughs> Elon is a chicken, says Calvin. Uh, Musk is a troll. I think they will. I think Musk is so like Trumpish when it comes to making these outlandish things and that they're also both kind of I don't know, alternative-y and fun that I bet they do it just to, you know, for something fun to do. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Great. I'll, I'll be watching and all the money will go to charity, right? <laughs> yeah. Why not? I, 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 I do have to pick uh, Mark Zuckerberg for the win though. I really think Definitely. he would come out. Even though I think Musk outweighs Zuckerberg, I think Zuck with his jujitsu training will pull out a win. I think that Zuckerberg is what a good 15 years younger as well. Yeah. So At someone least. was asking about the age, but I, I think so. I don't know. I'm yeah, looking because, at, yeah. Yeah. Musk was the co-founder of PayPal a good 10 years before there was a Facebook. So yeah. Um, have you been watching what's going on with Spotify and this whole clash between Spotify and Prince Harry and Meghan Markle? They have this $20 million contract to provide podcasts which i guess they only provided 12 and now the contract is done i don't know if they got the 20 million for only the 12 podcasts but the it's over whatever relationship they had is severed uh the former ceo has called them grifters and talked about how he had to help them with the podcast and how they didn't know what they were doing i just it's interesting this whole thing I haven't been following it, but who's the former C former CEO? You're not uh, Spotify still has the same CEO, uh, uh, Daniel Eck. So yeah, I think that's uh, who, I'm, who I mean. My apologies. Yes, he called them grifters. Yeah, grifters. 
Okay, yeah. that's going to help get more talent for uh, the network. Well, they really don't <laughs> care. At this point, they're, they've sort of given up on podcasts. They spent a lot of money, and it didn't pay off for them. And I think the only one that does pay off for them is Joe Rogan, which is nothing but a royal um, headache for, for the PR department uh, with their three-hour um, interview with uh, RFK and things like that. So, Yeah, I, and also they've had to uh, cut a lot of money out of their their whole podcast thing they've recently did a lot of cuts and so maybe they're not going to focus on that anymore yeah i think music is where it's at for them but you know i still listen to podcasts every day i still make one every week and uh i i mean i i i don't listen to the radio like i used to i listen yeah. to podcasts while i'm driving it was how Bill about you? you i mean you you, you you're You've been in radio for, for all these years. I mean, when you're driving to work or wherever you go, do you listen to the radio or do you listen to podcasts? It depends. First thing I usually do is turn on the radio. I want the news and I want to know what's happening. Uh, my kids are often in the car, so I'll click on to a local music station. But there are times when I'm on a longer ride where maybe there's something I haven't heard that I, I'm interested in that I'll, I'll do podcasts. So. Yeah, it just okay. depends. Uh, by the way, that was Bill Simmons, head of podcast innovation and monetization at Spotify, who made the, right. the grifter comment. Yeah, so just wanted yeah, and to And he's a longtime podcaster, blogger, uh, who's uh, well-known in the sports world. So I, I think he has the freedom to refer to people like that in a way that Daniel Eck, the CEO of Spotify, does not. They also, uh, Megan and Prince Harry, tried to get the copyright for the name of the podcast which is archetype they wanted to to uh to trademark it and they were denied because someone else already owns that trademark of archetype so that's the latest okay well they could have yeah. called it our archetype right i guess they could do that i don't know oh uh jefferson graham i always enjoy it when you stop by the show you're super Thank awesome you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. We got to fix your webcam. We got to fix your webcam. I know because it at least well, I would say at least four times on Mark's show it took a dive, and then the minute I started the show today on Nikki's show, it took a dive. So I don't know, and it always, of course, catches me in the very worst moment where like my mouth's half open and my eyes are closed and my head's weird. Yeah, and it just freezes. It just freezes Freeze out of the blue. It freezes, but you can still hear me. So I don't know what's okay. going on. Have you tried uh, doing the show in other areas of the house just to see what would happen? Other areas of the house are going to have kid noises because everyone's home for summer. So this okay. is my only spot. And it's actually right next to my wireless connector and the router and everything else. So uh, what about yeah. being wired? Have you tried that? Oh, I'm, I'm wired. It is wired also. Yes. So you're wired and it still freezes. Yeah. Yeah. Have you called Steam Streamyard and said, "Hey, what do you what do you suggest for me?" I guess I should do that, huh? Next, yeah. uh, that's next stop Streamyard. Why don't you do a screen grab right now of us, and then you could just <laughs> send them that because they'll ask for something, and you have the proof that you do not have your picture up there. Well, then you'll have to see how awful I look. Are you ready? No, it's a frame grab. You're already there. No, I have to. I have to uh, show you my. See how when I stopped, my okay. eyes are closed. My yeah. okay. All right. Anyway, so thank you, Jefferson Graham. I appreciate all of your advice and for you hanging out on the show with us on Thursdays. And I hope that we get to see you again next week. Uh, you'll see me next week. Thank you. I'll talk to you bye soon. Bye. bye. 
Jefferson Graham, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Kim does say that happens far too often. <laughs> you want me to put up the frozen? You're just mean. Mean, mean, mean. Thank you, Mindy. I'll take the photo over that over that uh, moment. So yes, I do need to uh, investigate getting that fixed because it's super annoying. At the beginning, when we started all this, it was my audio that was cutting out. Now that's fixed. Now it's my video that's cutting out. So uh, we'll figure it out and, and hopefully uh, get a no for a screen grab. No, I don't want to do it. Okay. Get a new webcam. Yeah, that might be a, I, maybe that's it. I don't know. All right. So there were some stories that I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, today that I thought were really interesting. First of all, did you see this whole fight between Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert? I tell you what, I have videos. Let's let's go to. Thank you. Conversations to the back. Off the floor. For what purpose does the gentlewoman order, please? For what purpose does the gentlewoman from Florida, Mrs. Luna, seek recognition? Miss. You know, when the finger pointing comes out, it's bad. So they're in a heated discussion on the the house floor it is not going well it was a so-called heated exchange and there was some swearing going on and some pointing the story from business insider is that representative marjorie taylor green would like people to know that yes she did use a naughty word during a confrontation with uh Representative Lauren Boebert of Colorado, these two one, at one point were allies. You know, they're very similar. They're very, uh, I would actually call them nasty, rude ladies. But yes, so they one time were buddies and now not so much. Green says, and this is a quote, she says of Boebert, she has genuinely been a nasty little bitch to me. That's what she said. Uh, she said, I told her exactly what I think about her adding she would absolutely not be reconciling with her House of uh, House Freedom Caucus colleague. They, yeah, they had this exchange over articles of impeachment against President Joe Biden. Lauren Boebert introduced the articles on Tuesday night. Green, who also filed articles of impeachment against Biden, accused Boebert of copying her legislation. Boebert denies doing so. Green tells Bobert, I have donated to you, I have defended you, and you copied my articles of impeachment after I asked you to co-sponsor them. While Green is still going after Bobert, the Colorado Republican apparently wants to put this away before any more damage is done. Lauren Bobert's quote is, Marjorie is not my enemy. I came here to protect our children and their posterity. Joe Biden and the Democrats are destroying our country. My priorities are to correct their bad policies and save America. Like I said, I'm not in middle school, she says of Green. So apparently these two ladies, Bobert and Green, have been fighting for a few months now. They had a confrontation in a bathroom on Capitol Hill over... Uh, Greens confronting Bobert over Bobert not wanting to vote for Representative Kevin McCarthy for Speaker. So 
this is not their first moment where they have gone at each other, I guess. Green uh, has also lashed lashed out at Matt Gates of Florida during the speaker vote. She thinks she's the only and the leading MAGA voice in Congress. Uh, I, yeah, she has, Green has resolved to fight it out with her GOP colleagues. She says, I'm telling you, I have always said, I am not afraid of the civil war in the GOP. I lean into it. That's what she says. So a little cat fight with some uh, some swearing and some pointing and some fun times on the House floor. Uh, I would say that's unprofessional. I don't know. Amusing, yet unprofessional, in my opinion. Uh. Uh, meanwhile, Ron DeSantis was in San Francisco while well, he was in California and then in San Francisco as he was cam- as campaigning for president. And he, of course, took the opportunity, as he would do, to uh, say bad things about San Francisco, right? That's what he's about. Let's blame the Democrats in charge of San Francisco for all the problems. We can't look at the pandemic. We can't look at anything else that may have affected it. Uh, We're just going to come out swinging against Democrats right away. So let's take a look at this video that he posted while he is standing in San Francisco and then just basically ripping it to shreds. Here's what I got for you. Let's see if I can show you this video. Uh, Here it is. Of course, we get the little, we have to wait now for it. And I, I, you know, some of the stuff he said is true, but I think that it's him saying it just offended me even more. See if I can't get it to play. No, it's not going to work out for me, is it? Mm. Nope. Uh, He says, we're here in the once great city of San Francisco. He talks about people defecating, trash all over the streets, people doing drugs out in the open. He basically just goes on this tear about San Francisco. And again, maybe what he said is not wrong. You know, maybe what he said has some merit. But I think that it's bad form to go to a city and do that, to go to a city and blame like that. Let's see. Let's see if I can get it up here again for you guys. Maybe I'll give it one more shot. Yeah. Okay. Advocating on the street. We saw people using heroin. We saw people smoking crack cocaine and you look around Uh, The city is not vibrant anymore. It's really collapsed because of leftist policies. And uh, these policies have caused people to flee this area. They don't prosecute criminals like they do in most parts of the country. Uh, And the wreckage has really, really been sad to see. And so I've seen so many businesses boarded up. Uh, I've seen so much uh, riffraff just running around. And um, it just shows you these policies matter. Uh, Leadership matters. They are doing it wrong here. No wonder why we've had so many people move from San Francisco to Florida over the last few years. We got to stop this madness. Uh, We need to restore sanity to this country. Yeah. You know what's insane? Insane is telling your school teachers and people in your state not to say gay, not to be able to 
tell kids about different ways of living, even in high school, kids that, you know, are struggling and may need to know. Uh, Insane is going against Disney, one of the biggest employers in your state. I could go on and on about insane. You're no perfect leader either, DeSantis. And so does San Francisco have problems? Absolutely. Does Florida have problems? Absolutely it does. You know, there's homeless people in Florida too. There's garbage in Florida too. So I just uh, really highly take offense to Ron DeSantis popping his nasty Florida rear end in our community, in our Bay Area, in our city, and talking smack. So there. There, Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Move to Florida. (laughs) Well, some people have moved to Florida. It's a lot cheaper, right? And if you're not a woman, and you don't have to deal with the laws that would strip you of your freedoms, then I guess it's all right. Wes wants me to know that he just got slapped by the court. He was banning trans medical care, and it got shot down. That's right. He has no leadership, says Liz. Let's dissect Florida, see what's going on there. Right. Uh, I just, you know, pick the dirtiest spot in San Francisco. We all know we've been there. And you've heard me complain about San Francisco and walking past homeless people on the way to KGO formally. It's, as I said, not perfect. But there are parts of San Francisco that are perfect and that are beautiful and that are home to us. And I'm just, I'm offended. I'm offended. And if you were here for the the California vote, which you weren't getting anyway, you're certainly not getting it now. Yeah, Wes says he picked a nice dirty corner, I see. He also, as there was somebody banging on something in the background, or were we supposed to think that was gunshots or something? Okay, Karen, you have a point. It Maybe it was tit for tat. Newsom will show up in Florida at a homeless encampment. They've got them there too. So yes, Newsom did go to Florida to point things out as well. Mm, yeah. Um, and I hope, Karen, that he does go back to Florida and point out all the shortcomings of Ron DeSantis. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris is complaining that I can't play a video. I'm I'm in the North Bay, not San Francisco, but uh, it happens everywhere that sometimes there's a buffering. So that's what happened to me. And Chris also uh, says stepping over bodies to get into KGO. Well, there was a homeless guy who lived in a doorway that was in the parking garage area of KGO. So I had to, and when I arrived for morning drive, Chris, it was dark. And so I always made sure I knew where he was just in case. He was a kind of one that was talking to himself all the time. So, you know, you had to keep your wits about you. And I always made sure I knew where he was and would run right into the station to avoid any trouble. So, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes in San Francisco. Are there homeless people everywhere in the city? No. I mean, I imagine there's neighborhoods where that's not the case. But Wes says the same things happen in Orlando. It happens out of sight because we have a lot more space than San Francisco. Karen says a lot of the downtown tourist areas have gotten hit because of the tech the bros being gone. Audios to them, but we'll bounce back. And yeah, Cheryl, true. You think it's a payback for Gavin criticizing Florida. He's a child that can't take criticism. Right on. John uh, supporting me in the buffering. He says I get a buffering from YouTube and I've got a one gigabyte connection. So yeah. 
Thank you for that. Kim, maybe Gavin can go to Florida and uh, support a drag story hour in your face, DeSantis. It's uh, it's just offensive. And I I wanted to make sure that you knew that DeSantis had come here. And I, it's um, when you're in someone else's house, you don't do that. I don't think you do that. I think that was, I feel it was rude. Another story I wanted to bring to your attention today is this new of quote chicken. Have you heard about this? This is a lab grown chicken. For the first time ever, the U.S. Department of Agriculture approving two Bay Area-based companies to offer lab-grown chicken. So this is two Bay Area companies, Upside Foods of Emeryville and Good Meat of Alameda, the first two food production companies that are approved to produce and sell, quote, meat made from cultivating animal cells. So here's how it works. Upside Foods has a co-founder who was a cardiologist at the Mayo Clinic when he started experimenting with growing animal cells in a controlled environment. Uh, yeah, this is, it's just interesting because what they're doing is um, growing this so-called chicken in a dish, I guess. And then it tastes just like chicken. It is chicken. I don't know. So they now have this production facility. He calls it Dr. Uma Valetti, the biggest moment in the history of food and meat in the last 100 years. He says, I think meat production will never be the same again. So groundbreaking, earth shattering, a whole new way to procure chicken. It's tender, he says. It's juicy. It smells, it looks, and it tastes like chicken. It's real meat. And the U.S. government agrees with us that our product is ready for the U.S. market. Over in Alameda, that Beyond Meat, they have, uh, I guess, vegetable-based foods that resemble the taste of, of beef, uh, unlike Beyond Meat, rather. So their meat has its origin in chicken and not vegetables. Valetti is saying the benefits of cultivated chicken including eliminating the need to slaughter 70 billion chickens a year in order to deliver meat tables around the world is a good thing. It's a way of making meat using less resources so everyone can eat. They call it very exciting because it marks the first day companies can start producing this chicken for sale for American consumers. Would you eat the meat grown in a lab dish? People have such a problem with GMO produced food. You know, is its DNA different? Is it not natural? Is that going to do something to us? There are many benefits as well uh, to GMO food, I guess one could say. Costs less to produce. You know, you can build things right into the DNA to, uh, to have them be pesticide resistant instead of spraying pesticides all over it. San Francisco-based Bar Cren partnering with Upside Foods to serve meals using the cultivated chicken in the coming weeks. There's a restaurant in Washington, D.C. who they've already committed to buying it and serving it to their customers. So this company is going to be the very first to work with restaurants to introduce this product. They say it'll take about two years before consumers will see the 
chicken in quotes on store shelves. So what do you think? This is Upside Foods and Good Meat of Alameda. These are the first two companies allowed to produce and sell this meat made from cultivating animal cells. Has the future arrived? Do you feel weird about eating it? Am I kind of freaking out just a little bit or is this kind of normal? Square says looks legit and McDonald's will be on the leading edge, probably with the chicken nuggets. John says eventually they'll be able to grow meats with bones in it. Ooh. Lori writing, good. If it tastes right, has the protein and doesn't hurt animals without killing the environment, I'm all for it and make it affordable, says Lori. John says, it's just meat. The animal grows cells too. They're just doing it in a vat. Yeah. <laughs> Good meat, sir. Right, square. Oh, no, says Karen D. Not lab grown. Yuck. No. Uh, Wes is not for it. Uh, we get an ew from him. Maybe you have to try it before you ew it. I don't know. I'm, I kind of i am on the same page with you, Wes. Uh, I backpedal a little bit from it. You know, then you read what Lori says, and it's true. You don't have to kill animals, better for the environment. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, square, no hormones. We don't want girls and boys maturing too rapidly. But does, what if it has some kind of side effect? Like, don't they have to test it first before they serve it to people? I don't know. Um, If you eat a... I'll, I'll go to Wes. I love meat and to cook, but I know it's a cruelty to animals, so I would support it. Okay. Chris is going to pass on the Franken food. Square likes the uh, protein and says, I'll try it. John thinks I'm freaking out over nothing. It's just meat. Calvin loves the Impossible Burger, so might as well try this one as well, right? Cheryl, I would not eat it. I would not eat it, she says. Why, Cheryl? I'm going to put the, I'm putting this in the chat. I want you, I want you to come on and tell me why or, or explain why you wouldn't eat it. So I put the link to click on if you want to come and, and discuss with me. OCB says, I'll name my chicken coop the lab and then I can call them lab grown. You think Nikki should try it on her Friday food? It's going to be a while before we can get a hold of it. Or maybe we have to drive over to, uh, what is it? Good meat? <laughs> good meat uh maybe that's what we have to do drive over there and and give them a test taste i don't know upside foods that's the one that's going to be the first upside food in emeryville and good meat in alameda doing this lab-grown chicken yeah uh we'll make meat so disgusting says chris that everyone will go vegan John wants to know, okay, would you rather eat lab-grown chicken that eats lizards and poop from other chickens? Oh, would I rather eat the lab-grown or would I rather eat the chicken that uh, li lives this way? I don't know. It's natural, right? I'll wait for everyone else to try it before I do. I like the way you think, Liz. Absolutely. Let everyone else check it out first. You get all the opinions. If someone's going to have a problem with it, they're going to have it first, right? I welcome Jim to the show. Jim, hi. Are you eating the lab-grown chicken? Is that what's happening over there? No. <laughs> 
tasty delicious yeah are you gonna try this lab grown chicken when you have an opportunity yes and i did the same thing with eating beyond meat and all those other alternate meats and um i have actually gotten paid to try lab grown chicken when i was in other states going to college classes with my friends and so on i think i did it in kentucky so I've already tried something. It did not taste anything like chicken or beef oh. ever, but it didn't taste horrible. I didn't throw up or anything. It just had a weird chew. That was it. Like a different texture or consistency? Yeah. Like, you know the difference between a burger and a Beyond Meat and a veggie burger. They don't right. taste the same. Same thing. It just tastes different. Okay. But not bad different, just different different. Correct. And um, <sighs> this is not the first time we've added protein to certain things. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you guys read my comment, but about 20 years ago, we were doing research to add proteins to rice. It's been done. Now they've grown it. Crops around the world have been feeding starving people around the world. So now when you eat a bowl of rice, you get a little bit of protein too. And no matter where you are, like even if I go to the grocery store, well, I'm, I'm sorry, it's in like Africa and certain okay. places where they have this special grown rice. They haven't brought it to the grocery stores in America yet. They might, but we don't lack protein here. There's way too many cows. So just a, that it's a genetically modified organism, a GMO, yes. doesn't necessarily make it bad. As you reference here, instead of starving, many people around the world got a hit of protein because of this type of of science. Yes. So in a way, it's already been around. So questioning its ability to feed you and keep you alive, it's more of that's been proven. So it's just taste. So if they don't make it tasty, it's just going to die as a fad. But in 100 years, we may need this because we need to feed everyone and not everyone can afford an organic chicken that may be $50 a, a pound later on because we have no space, no time, no ability to take and grow chicken for everyone. And no water. I mean, drought is a huge issue. You know, we had a, we kind of had a lucky winter, right? But I mean, we could slide right back into drought and not just California, but other parts in the world are of, uh, of the world are already seeing that. And so, you know, if we have a different way of growing food, mm -hmm. of making food, it could be beneficial in the future. You're totally right. John writes, <clears throat> if you eat bananas, you're already eating clones. You're correct. A lot of food have been cleaned up in a way so that we get the perfect apples, the beautiful bananas, not the weird looking, you know, bumpy tomatoes. Some people still like heirloom tomatoes, but most people don't like them. You know, we need that picture perfect food. Um, uh, another thing is we need to start growing at least birds because they have been so success, uh, susceptible to avian flu. Mm -hmm. We've been actually killing millions of birds and throwing out their eggs just so it doesn't jump to humans, you know, because the next bad COVID is going to come from a variation of some animal jumping over to humans again. So this is a way that we could prevent that by growing it ourselves? Exactly. I mean, it may not taste the same. I will guarantee you, I've tasted chicken from around the world. Every chicken tastes a little different. Hmm. And so it might taste like another weird version of chicken, but at least you won't die by consuming it if they've already said the next avian flu means no chickens. 
the lady Beatrice writes, heck no, people, heck no to the people. The lab grown chicken is gonna suck. I guess I guess I would ask, is it still chicken? I mean, it's animal cells. So it's yeah. still it's still animal in nature. It's not plant-based like beyond meat or whatever. Right. It still has animal cells. So is it killing? Is it are we killing animals to eat if it's Ooh, just animal cells? Like what are the question. ethics? Yeah. Right. So question one, does it have a brain? Is it intelligent? And then lastly, does it have a soul? So ethically, I'm not a I love you, Jim. I love you. I'm not going to worry about the soul part. <laughs> does it have a brain? It doesn't. It's a heart. It's a couple muscles. It's some thighs. It's extra stuff. It's like, you know, when you grow that extra skin that you can like eventually rip off or laser off. Yeah, it's not human, but it's human cells. So if you can cut your fingernails and you can cut your little extra body parts off, you're not killing yourself. So in that way, you're not killing something. Hmm. All right. So ethically, we think we're okay with it in mm -hmm. gym land. Uh, <laughs> it might be safe, but no way will it taste as good as regular chicken. So you were talking about the taste of chicken around the world, mm -hmm. but the taste of lab grown chicken might be even more different than that. I think we have to try it before we know the lady Beatrice. Yeah. I mean, think of it as trying to pretend rice cracker is going to fulfill you as an awesome snack that's going to taste like Snickers. It's not. There's no way. <laughs> you can add cinnamon. You can add sugar. You can add all sorts of stuff. You know it's a rice cracker. It is not a Snickers. So your brain will never let you convince yourself. But well, the next generation, they're going to grow up on it as nuggets in a Happy Meal. They're not going to care. You know, eventually people get used oh. to that weird taste. It right? kind of that kind of freaks me out a little bit. I don't know why. I guess it's just so different to think well, that that's true. Yeah, and also you have to consider this is the next science stage that we need to feed a population of ten billion people, and then put food that you can grow in the moon station, in the Mars station, in the future. You can't just stop science because it might sound icky. As long we as could, it's not we really could grow our own people. chicken in, in, on the moon. And it might be a science experiment in class in 10 years, right? Hey, instead of growing sea monkeys, I'm going to grow a chicken. And I'm going to get first prize in my science fair because I did it. Oh, God, that's weird. I I find all kinds of ethical issues with that. But okay. Mindy is questioning the, the, uh, the consistency and tenderness of the chicken, wondering if it would be hard and tough to chew. So... Those two companies, I actually have a friend that worked in it, and he tried it, and he said it doesn't taste too far off from the chew. Oh, okay. So I think we're okay. Uh, Liz questions the, the color of the meat. Hey. Like, are we going to have blue chicken or green chicken? No, we will fake it, just like we fake all butchered meat. If you go to a grocery store and you see red, pretty meat, it's mostly di carbon dioxide added to it to make it pretty and red. Most meat, when it's delivered to a grocery store, is brownish, grayish. It's not pretty to look at, but that's how it gets there. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't realize that. Uh, and that that's gross, too. I mean, I don't want to eat a bunch of dyes and weirdness. No, Lori, it's carbon monoxide. You breathe it normally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lori says, also added vitamin A to rice to help with eye problems from vitamin deficiency. So in mm -hmm. addition to the protein that you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are adding different vitamins to different things. 
uh, they're trying to add, make the perfect avocado so that right now avocado provides like 20 vitamins. In Australia, yeah. they're, they're cross-breeding some with other vegetables, trying to get like 30 or 40 vitamins in there. So it's all possible. O OCB says GMO digests the same as anything else. Your body just doesn't care. Right. So the only problem with that statement is how you created that GMO. And when we talk about Masantos, is it Masantos? It's that company, yeah, that makes Monsanto, the wheat yeah. killer. They're using their same chemical combination to make the corn. So we're not sure if the corn is basically ingesting weed killers, which we may already be ingesting anyways, because it, you can't stop it from floating in the air. Yeah. So it's just like when you say, do you eat almonds? You know, if you eat too many almonds, you could die from that poison, but you could crossbreed it to have less of that poison. So you can eat more almonds. But, you know, 100 years ago, you wouldn't have eaten more than a pound of almonds without the threat of being poisoned by them. So it's kind of we can make the food safe, but it'll be weird. Heather, I think, agrees with you. She blames the food babe for the spread of all this pseudoscience and fear mongering. Yeah. So, again, do we want to feed a billion people or do we want to make it tasty for like 100,000 people? You know, mm -hmm. what are we trying to achieve here? We're we trying to achieve food sustainability so that even if you're poor, without a job, whatever, you could walk down to the local corner store, pick up a blanket, pick up a couple pills and a bite of fake chicken. You know, like, do you want to make it sustainable and supportable for everyone? But then it comes at that weird science cost. Or do you want to go back to only the rich can afford organic chicken in the future? So... I guess we've been so heavy into this farm to table, yes. natural, all natural. It comes, you know where your food is coming from. It comes right from the farm. It's raised right, not in little cages, not in this, you know, mass produced whatnot. But especially, I don't know, I, I'm, I think it's all over America, this, you know, this farm to table thing, but certainly here in the North Bay, mm -hmm. it has been. And so I wonder how we get away from that thought of all organic all natural and then we go to this science-based food are people going to have to be dragged kicking and screaming into it because for the last you know decade ish mm -hmm. we've been so convinced that farm to table all natural is what you want okay uh let's start with the negatives of farm to table if they're not well regulated you do have cows that walk over the cabbage field pee and poop on it and then people eat that and even though you try to clean it as much as you can, there have been so many cases of dysentery and all the other problems, salmonella, that have been coming from those directly food, you know, farm to your table. So there is no guarantee that farm to table equals better. Mm -hmm. What is better is if you don't go through the massive manufacturing process we have in place, and there's an outbreak, it affects so many people so quickly. When you have a farm in Salinas, maybe 10,000 people might eat bad lettuce. When you have a butchering meat station where they kill thousands of cows a day, send it out around the world, you may have a million people affected by some bad thing in the meat supply. So it's not that the farm is a better choice. It's that their impact is so little. Most people have an illusion of safety. So that is the negative. Of right. it. Now, the positive. When you go around the world, 
and try different foods. If I get a chicken from a regular restaurant, it was probably killed within that day. Mm-hmm. It has less time to grow bacteria and be bad. It was probably killed by a local farmer who does get money directly instead of through Safeway or Kroger's or whatever. And they only get one tenth of the value versus if they sold it to me directly or I went to their farm and they served the community that day, which they do in other countries. You can go to a farm and that farm will host something where maybe a hundred people just sit down at tables. Some mom and pop is literally cutting the chicken that morning, making a stew that afternoon and then serving it. And you have some rice, potatoes, and that's it. Very simple. It only costs like two, three bucks most of the time. Great food. But the inconvenience of driving 20 miles out to a farm every Sunday to do that kind of is not replicable. So what is the answer? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. You can't be scared to try new science if you want to support the world. And you can't be super positive about this is the best answer from the table or this or this because right. there's always a negative of what you skipped or didn't do when you did the proper process. Interesting. Uh, some of the things Lori has been saying is she's worried about the lab process being w- more water intensive than we realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she's is uh, talking about variability to taste between chickens fed different feeds as well. So yep. I don't know. I think it just really depends. Okay. I will give you the best chicken I've had was in Peru and in Taiwan. And in Peru, they throw salt in their food. So the chickens taste salty already without having to add any more salt to the soup. In Taiwan, the legs of the chickens are longer and stronger because they eat on the mountains. So they're actually bent over more pecking farther, which strengthens their lower body. So it's not about fatty breasts and wings. It's about thick, juicy legs there. So when you cook the chicken, oh, and they're also black chickens. Underneath the feather, the skin is black. Yeah, I've seen that before. It's actually tastier than white chicken in America to me. But Interesting. You know what I've learned about you today Uh is that you're really knowledgeable on the topic of chicken. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the topic of uh, pseudo meat. Uh, OCB says, I paid $18 for a double cheeseburger. If you lower the price of meat, bring it. Um, get closer to the meat source. You can go to Texas. You can go to South Dakota. and You can buy a burger for two, three bucks, and it will taste just as good as your $18 burger. You might not get avocado, but it'll taste like burger. Yeah. Um. I, I vaccine denial people says Cheryl won't like this at all. I'm sure there'll be some conspiracy about what they're doing to the meat in the lab, right? Oh yeah, you know Bill Gates chips every piece of meat. You know. Yeah, of course he was does. Yeah. Yes, because he wants to kill us all, right? No control. <laughs> oh, mind control. That's right. My That's bad. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, he, he killed us. We wouldn't pay for him to do stuff. You know. Oh, I am so glad that you came on with me, Jim, because I feel like this has been a great conversation. And after talking to you, I think I would eat the lab-grown meat. I really do. Yeah. Jim, thank you for taking the time. I love you and adore that you came onto the show. So thank you so much. No problem. Okay. Bye. Have a good one.
Uh, so uh, some people I want to thank today for contributing to the show. Of course, the show is crowdfunded and we just can't do it without you. Wes kicking in with a, a $10 super sticker today. So very grateful, Wes. You're awesome. Celeste with a $20 Loving Maureen's live show. Celeste, thank you so much for the contribution. And Pamela with a $10 super sticker as well. Of course, if you want to contribute to the show, head to the website. It is thenickymadoroshow.com. There you shall find the Patreon and the PayPal links and all the ways uh, to help if you are so inclined. But truly, uh, even if you cannot contribute financially to the show, you're being here, you're participating in the conversation, and you're liking the show, clicking the thumbs up button and sharing it is valuable as well. We are so grateful for all the help in getting the word out. I will be back here again tomorrow. Nikki is in the city. Uh, she's also in the city on Monday, and then we'll get her back for a bit before she goes on vacation. So very grateful. Oh, Cheryl just popping in with a $10 super sticker. Cheryl, thank you. And I loved your comments today in the chat. So thank you so much. You guys are awesome. And we will end the Nikki Maduro show on this Thursday, like we do every day with my boy. It's Jacob. Nikki, you're all so awesome. You sprout like a beautiful blossom. You're all so the best. I really can't rest. You're all so awesome. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs>